This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review John Woo's latest action thriller, Silent Night. Plus, Ryan Reynolds tries to fight Deadpool 3 set leaks. Does Tom Holland want to continue as Spider-Man? Bob Iger throws everyone under the bus to explain what happened with the Marvels. Do modern comic book writers get the characters they're writing? And we learn some new slang. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, December 11th, 2023. This is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. Oh yeah, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us, a fella, oh, he's not an alpha male, he's trying to be Sigma. He's got that uh, skibbity Ohio Riz. It's Rugboy the Rizzler. Yeah, call me the Rizzler. Oh. I got that phantom tax, motherfucker. I don't know what any of these words mean, Anthony. Bro, try to be skibbity in Ohio with looking at the yeah, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what has happened to the English I don't language? Know. I don't know. This is uh, what we're using, if you don't know, is uh, Generation Alpha slang. So if you're out there playing Minecraft or yeah. Roblox, you're using these memes. Yeah, drop a phantom tax. Any of those words mean anything to you, Anthony? No, uh, I don't know what the hell you guys are saying. Right <laughs> so there. this all started because just before the show, Ruggs shared this YouTube video titled TikTok slang just got worse. And it's a video made by a millennial talking about the Gen Alpha slang. And the hilarious thing is the millennial making the video is even like, I don't know what the fuck any of these words mean. Uh, and apparently uh, skibbity uh, is a thing. Yeah, it's uh, a thing. It's real. It means uh, these are words I have no business saying. Uh, skibbity means like when you're evil or something in gaming or a bad guy, right? Phantom tax means to just take someone's food. Yeah, you just fucking go into someone's house and you fucking go in their refrigerator. Like is like at a restaurant or do you like break in and take their? Food? I don't no, you, I think you're just copping people's food like that they're eating you're while like, they're, you know. Yeah, let me let, like, like your friend pulls out like a Twinkie and you just bite half of it. You just hey, you're like phantom tax, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Ohio, the state. What is this? I don't know. Mean? What, nobody knows what that means. They just throw it in there just to fucking confuse people. <laughs> what? Why Ohio? I don't know. I guess I. I have no idea. Yes, I love that Rugs is the one answering the questions here yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I, oh. I watched the YouTube video, Anthony. I know <laughs> yeah. everything. We we have all the information <laughs> we need. Look, so, I'm making up my own shit now. I'm just gonna be like Buenos Nutsack or something like that. <laughs> yes, we're just gonna start making yeah, up. Yeah, I'm making my own shit up so that will be. It'll seem like we're in the know and nobody else knows. What yeah. The at so so did you know the word Riz? Not only was it added by the Oxford to the Oxford Dictionary. Oxford named it the 2023 word of the year. Oh, shit. 
Wow. How does that happen? How does that get nominated and made the word of the year? It beat out Swifty and Situationship to win. <laughs> <laughs> Which, all this means is the word Riz is done, right? It's dead. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. Now old people are using it like me. Yeah. The kids are going to stop using the Rizzler. So you, people just can just make up words and then they get into the dictionary. Somehow, well, yeah, I think you have to be like really cool. I think most of these words were coined by like a streamer who raps or something. Kai Sinet popularizing it in 2021. Well, like Swifty, that's just a play on Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah, yeah. How does that become a word? What? Yeah. When it's a fan of Taylor Swift, that's the definition. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Can I be a Drakey or a? Yeah. Why can't you be anything what else? Would be, what would be a jockey? A jockey or nerdy. <laughs> a nerdo. It's just the power of <laughs> a ruggy. Of the, a ruggy. Yeah, yeah. A ruggy. A rug riz, let's a get, rug let's get the Let's get that to trend. The Rizzler sounds like some new Batman villain also. Yeah. I'm the Rizzler. <laughs> He just steals Batman's chicks. I will charm you to death. <laughs> <laughs> like Bruce Wayne's out on a date. His- here comes the Rizzler. <laughs> oh, shit, here comes the Rizzler. He's going to take all my girls. He's got Vicky Vale and yeah, Catwoman. Yes, yeah. all, they all just are attractive. Ali Al Ghul, he just has all of them. The Rizzler. So he defeats him by challenging his manhood, and then Batman is defeated. Or it could be a female, female Rizzler. Yeah, it could be all, female Rizzler. And still taking all Batman's chicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the works. Well, somebody on the Riz? I don't know. It's a stretch. <laughs> Anyways, listen. <laughs> as I pop open a alcoholic beverage. Try and keep up as these 10 to 12 year olds using these words will eventually be your bosses in the workplace. So, yes, you're going to have to keep up with the times. I'm going to try. Uh, all right. We got uh, Jeez, Zimron. You're very cryptic. You don't think you'd move up fast enough to, for these people to become no, your they're, boss. They're going to pass right by me. And I'm fine with that. And I'm just going to be like, I'm, I don't know. Imran what submits immediately. Yeah. Imran rolls over yeah. and shows like his soft belly. Yeah, Imran shows his stomach right away like a dead dog. And just Like I said, if I was on the squid game, the challenge, I would have been like, we're getting the umbrella people in the cookie game. <laughs> I, sorry. There's no way other way around it. Just deal. <laughs> be like, go ahead. I'll take a donut off the desk. I'll go Phantom Tech. Walk by. I don't know. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Enough of this bullshit. <laughs> We got some shit to talk about. Let's get to it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. I want to start with talking about what all the kids are talking about. Deadpool. Deadpool 3 specifically. I don't know. Are they talking about that? Who knows? Uh, What I do know is that Deadpool 3 is the only MCU movie we are getting next year, 2024. It's kind of crazy. And uh, as you know, they were shooting before the strikes. There were some set photos out. They have resumed shooting. And there's more set photos out. A lot of leaks, a lot of photos of things. I tried not to look at them because I want to be going unspoiled, but I couldn't help scrolling. Did you guys see any of these set photos? The, the original? No, I was smart. All right, I, we- I thought I saw a couple, but I, it hasn't ingrained in my memory. So spoiler alert. It's not, they're not even like that. Re- re- oh, it's the one, is that the one with Wolverine in it? Yeah, it's that same set with like the where everything is busted and it's all beige in the background and there's a fight scene. Um, one of them. So here starts maybe a little spoilery. One of them did show Sabretooth, him fighting Taylor Maine Sabretooth, not Liv Schreiber. Tyler Maine. Tyler Maine. Oh, Tyler, not Taylor. <laughs> Taylor Maine is that pop star from the 80s, I think. That's Taylor. No, Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Oh, Taylor yeah. Dane is a is a giant dog. No, wait, that's a great Dane. Here we go. Anyway, going off. On. I'm off. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Tyler main uh, Sabretooth. And then there was a shot of Deadpool 
holding his decapitated head up in the air in this uh, one setting. They're still shooting. So it's just funny because these things are coming out and Ryan Reynolds has gone out and tried to plead with people saying, uh, hold, hold, hold back showing these images. He says, quote, surprises are part of the magic of theatrical movies. It's important for us to shoot the new Deadpool film in real natural environments using practical effects as opposed to making the movie indoors and digitally. Telephoto lenses continue to spoil surprises and create a difficult situation for everyone. And he posted out some funny pictures where he took these set photo leaks and Photoshop things in there. Did you guys see any of these photos? I did. Those are kind of pretty good, right? Did you like the one where the predator is just the back of the I, predator? I got confused. I wasn't yeah. in on the joke, so I saw the predator one. I went, what? You're like, is he the movie? <laughs> yeah, and then I started seeing some of the other stuff. I went, oh, they're trolling us, which was, which was clever. Yeah. Is Steve Urkel in one of them? Yes, there's one with the Urkel dancing. If that ends up, he really ends up being in the movie. It's, it's, just a troll. it's a troll inside of a troll. Oh, my God. Remember do the Urkel? Remember the dance and the song? Remember Stefan? Oh, yes. Then remember him as Bruce Lee? <laughs> that show was great. Uh, there's another one. So that picture, that other picture I mentioned where he was holding Sabretooth's head, they have photoshopped a bag of money in Deadpool's hand and like make a Mickey Mouse mascots in the background clapping. That's pretty good, too. And then my other favorite one, remember there was a set where it's like a demolished Fox Studios and they turned the Fox into Quibi. So that's also, it's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. Uh, but uh, ah. what do you guys think? Should they not, for this case, for Deadpool 3, do you not want to see these? Are, does it matter to you? I'm not looking for them. Yeah. It just, you're telling me about it, so I looked at it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really online looking for them. I, I think that uh, if they're intrusively coming onto your feed and appearing without a spoiler warning, then that's kind of fucked up. But I know with, this shit. I'm with rugs. I'm with rugs. I, I'm not also looking for them. I would have preferred not to hear about it, but yeah. you know, Imran has a big fucking mouth, so he wants to talk well, look, about it. It's not even that spoiler. No, yeah, but one. yeah, I, I prefer to go into the movie and have a genuine surprise. So yeah. you know, the more the more of these I could avoid, the better. But you know, this is this is modern filmmaking, and it's nice to see that, uh, as Ryan said, they're filming on some real sets. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. this is the downside of that: is people, it's out in the open, and people might be able to see it and take pictures. Well, and that's the exciting thing: is like the strikes over, and production has started, and they're on location on set. But yeah, it's gonna happen, and whether uh, you see them or not uh, can be a roll of the dice sometimes. But like these sites, hopefully, can hold back. But man. So, Miranda Bacharin has also confirmed she's returning as Vanessa. Um, there's just a lot of cra- He did. They also, he like tweeted something about all, some variants. His dog, Dogpool, Kidpool, Lady Deadpool. This movie dog sounds. Pool. Yeah, Dogpool. It's like, it's a great looking dog with like his tongue. It should be Pool Pool. There's Pool Pool. Oh, like an actual pool? Yeah. That's like a. <laughs> or is it a, a little pool? inflatable pool? Is it a pool table, maybe? Just walking around as a. Over here. Uh, but all these people from the Deadpool movies and the Fox universe tied in with some MCU things. This is going to be fucking crazy. If Mobius and the TVA are in it, uh, this is, I, I still think this movie will make a lot of money. Uh, and, 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 and the break that we have waiting for this, it's going to build, uh, and we'll see, but I'm, I'm super excited for geek boner, the next MCU thing. And it being R rated. Yeah, it should be good. 
should be good. And the, the break will definitely help. Um, the cameos will help. I think there's a lot of things that are going in in this movie's favor that will potentially make it a good film. Yeah, I just read another article where they, Sean Levy, the director, said that like this, the strike gave them time to actually look at it and work on some things and come back fresh. And so maybe it'll make it better. Maybe it'll make it better. Listener, let us know. What do you think? Do you like these uh, spoiler set photos? Or you want to go in unspoiled? Join the conversation. Join the Jock and Nerd Nation. It is our lovely Facebook group. Jock and Nerd. It's exclusive, closed, just for our listeners. Lots of fun in there. Yeah, go in there. Get to know everyone. Everyone that likes the same shit that you like. Chop it up, cat. Yeah. (laughs) Skibbity Ohio. Get Skibbity Ohio in there. And uh, we'll explain what all of this means. It's fucking nonsense. Uh, okay, let's move on to some a little bit of Star Wars news. There's a rumor out there that uh, Jeff Schneider from uh, the Hot Mike has said is uh, he's starting to hear more, and it is the fact that the fourth season of The Mandalorian is going to be a movie. Floppy jock. Oh, I didn't mean to hit that. Like a direct, <laughs> a direct Disney movie? No, like a theatric, like one of the Star Wars movies, maybe even the next one. Uh, to come like out, hit flop, floppy jock. Floppy jock. <laughs> but didn't mean to hit that. Where do we leave off on the Mando, Imran? Oh, you know what? That's a good question. Season four was. Oh, it was all about uh, Bo Katan and the man and Wait, getting season three, right? Season so Bo Katan becomes yeah. a Mandalorian again. Yeah, and she gets they get the planet back. They and get all the that planet shit. back. Yeah, and wow. like Rogu and Mando weren't doing fuck all really. Yeah, it wasn't really focused on them. No. Didn't they get the dark saber or they had the dark saber or Yes. She has the dark saber, I thought. It's broken though. Oh, they broke the dark saber. Man, I don't even remember. Yeah, didn't like the clone break it? I just remember that Law and Order episode where they're running around chasing droids and the droid had a business card or something. Uh that was great. Oh yeah, that was stupid. (laughs) That was Oh, we had Jack. Was Lizzo in that one? Yes, Rizzo and Jack Black. That was the one. (laughs) Rizzo, Lizzo. Lizzo. The Rizzler? (laughs) Is the Rizzler in that one? Rizzo from Greece? Yeah, that's who I meant. She got pregnant. Anyway. (laughs) Beauty school dropout. That was really girl. Yes. Uh uh, look. (laughs) Is it is it because Pedro Pascal's star is rising? Do they want to capitalize? I thought I heard that he was almost done playing Mando. Like he, they, he's not even playing him. He's just voicing him. Yeah, he just like records audio at home and emails it in and gets a paycheck at this point. Like they, we didn't even see his face. But would I love to see Mando and and, and Grogu uh, on the big screen? That could be fun. I don't know, Rugs. What do you think? Anything could be good. That's my uh, my, my motto. <laughs> Anything can be good if you have the <laughs> right people. That's really? That's a, when was the when did that <laughs> get established? That's that's that was what I motto. remember. Your motto? I've said that many times. No, what has he ever has he ever said no, that? The run? motto is it's shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, motto is, N- well, this my, sucks until I say it. Yeah, and then if I say everything it, everything sucks suck. and, until I say it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's my other motto. Yeah, fuck that show. That's the motto. Yeah, there's a lot of mottos. I got a lot of mottos. There's his motto. I, but I always say that, too. I I always say, like, really, if you have the right people involved, you can really make anything good. So do I think they have the right people? I, I'm a little bit dubious of that. But. Well, this is the Filoni-verse now. Yeah. 
Falloni. He just got a, a promotion. He's a yeah. CCO now. The Falloni Baloney is in full effect. Here's your other motto. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. That's a good motto. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but I don't know if you can like condense a whole season into a movie or you just tell a story. Well, a lot of Mandalorian is filler, so you probably can. That's if you make true. Like, a, like a two hour and 15 minute movie, we'll probably cover at least three episodes of Mando. Like usually the in Mando, like the first episode is important. And yeah. then there's like and then the last two, the, the last two. And yeah. then everything else is just filler. Yeah. Them finding things to go find other things. Yeah. They go on like thing. quests, side quests, and then they get back to that last two episodes. But we're talking about a movie that you got to watch like three seasons of television to end a four. If you count Boba Fett, which you have to uh, to even start to get to the story. They, I don't know. I mean, you could start out and say like like Mandalore has been reclaimed and they're trying to restart their oh, their yeah. world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And or you can do a um yeah, where they discover the history of Mandalore and man, I don't know, it could be one of those things. If you write it good, it could be, it could be good. Well, they need so here's here's my quick two cents on it. They need the real money in making in entertainment is making big popular movies. Yeah. And maybe they're looking at it and going, we don't really have anything other than Mandalorian that's really popular. So let's throw this on the big screen because this is the only thing that people usually really like. And And it'll make some money. Right now, it's really strange that they don't really have like an announced plan of movies-ish. They did did announce a bunch of those movies. Uh, Which movies? The what? The Ray? They're like they're making one with Ray in the future and a Jedi Council, and I was like, I that I don't know. That seems weird with Daisy Ridley. Uh, and then there was gonna be one in the past. I forgot they announced a couple of things, but there's no dates or any kind of anything for these. So I feel like they probably gonna announce something soon. Uh, but Mando, Mando's a big hit for them. People fucking watch that shit. Although yeah, the last one I think was not as big of a hit, but still. What was the last uh season three? Oh, season three, yeah. Yeah. The first two seasons were a little bit better. Man, Andor as a movie would be would have been amazing, but I like that the way it is. I think that's been pushed back also. I think a lot of things got pushed back to twenty twenty five, like Daredevil and Andor. So we're gonna have to wait for a lot of things. They need to level off from all the freaking losses that they've had. Yeah. yeah. So Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. All right, before we get to that, we I want to talk about some Spider-Man shit. Okay. Uh, of course you do. Because I love Spider-Man. And uh, this all goes back to the comment you made a, a little while ago, Anthony, a couple of episodes ago I, uh, about why No Way Home ended the way it did, according to the book, mm-hmm. The Reign of the MCU, which I fucking finished. Oh, shit. Yay, me. Congrats, you finished a book. I know. I can't believe I read a fucking book. I got to the end. I was like, holy shit, it's over. Look at this. Uh, it doesn't hurt that I, it was shorter than I thought because there's like a big fucking appendix and citations. I thought it was there was more and then it just ended. But, you know, we're talking about the future of the MCU and rumors of a Spider-Man 4. First of all, why did and I love the way No Way Home ended, right? We kind of, sort of got a, a three part origin story. And now Peter is on his own. He's got his own cloth handmade costume. Nobody, he's in, just living in a shitty apartment. Nobody knows who he is. He's going to have to find a job, make rent. We can like start the adult Spider-Man story. But why? And it, this should have occurred to me. But Anthony, in the book, 
what what is the reason for it ending that way? Well, it ended that way because at the when the movie when production ended, the MCU did not have a contract to continue making movies with Sony. So it ended in a way where if they don't renew that contract, Sony could make their own movies and it'd be fine yeah. because he doesn't know anybody yeah. and no one knows him, yeah. so they could do their own thing. Or if they wanted to, if they ended up having you know some more negotiations and making it and extending their deal, then it also gives them the creative freedom to continue in the MCU. So they could do basically, it basically ended in a way that they could, anyone, you could take it in any direction you wanted because it was a clean slate. And I, that never occurred to me and it should have. It makes a lot of sense um, because of the rights. Remember there was a time when Tom Holland was like, well, I'm leaving Marvel as Spider-Man. It's been great. Like we had right. that whole thing. And then he came back after Spider-Man two yeah. or the, the far from home for like a month. He was out. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Well, he wasn't going to be in the MCU anymore. Yeah, they, he was going to be Sony's Spider-Man, and that was crazy. Uh, but we don't know what the contract is, and people have been talking about Spider-Man 4. But there's some comments in some interviews he's given that uh, are weird to me. So this one, he is at a press conference with the Critics' Choice Association. He says, quote, all I can say is that we've been actively engaging in conversations about what it could potentially look like. For a fourth rendition of my character, whether or not we can find a way to do justice to the character is another thing. He says he feels very protective over Spider-Man uh, and that the movies, he was lucky. The movies got more successful, successful. He wants to protect his legacy. But this is crazy because all that says to me is that like there's no Spider-Man 4 right now. Like they're just talking about it. We're not going to see it for years, if anything. Uh, is this Disney or Sony? This is just any of them. This, I think, would be, I don't know. Can a part four, then would Sony put out a part four? Would that be, that could be crazy. Well, it would be like, it would be like a part four name only. Like, it would just be like the next Spider-Man movie. Right. They would call it, yeah, something else, but it would be Spider-Man four. Like, we expect to see him in the Secret Wars and the Avengers movies, but his contract isn't out there anymore. We don't know. What they actually signed up for. Um, so how old is Tom Holland now? Yeah, is he uh that's a good question. Oh, that's a good, that is a good question. Probably like early like twenty four, maybe? Let's see. Twenty twenty seven. Oh wow. Very very baby face yeah. that guy. Yeah, he doesn't come off as a guy yet. I mean, what he's done with the character is decent, and like, I only want to see him continue it just for the continuity. Like, I feel like he's Spider Man. Is this Spider Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing in that book was interesting is all the 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 rewriting. Fact, first of all, oh my god, there were so many great stories about No Way Home. It was supposed to come out before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, they were going to use America Chavez. That doesn't happen. Right. So for some reason, Ned has magic power, knows how to use magic. They had to write that shit. Right. And then apparently, like, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield didn't even sign on to the production until they were in production uh, halfway through. And then they had to just write a third act, like, as the, the shooting. The that's movie. just that's just so bad. It's crazy. Like, even it's the bad guys terrible. Were, were signing on one like, at a time. and they Contracts were, and business yeah. suits and all that stuff dictating what happens on screen. And people are acting like, oh, this is just so inspired. Yeah, it's inspired by fucking business. Oh, it is. And, like, Defoe didn't want to do it if it was just a cameo. 
So they gave right. him something beefier. But they're literally, as these old guys are signing back on and they're getting Toby and Andrew, they're just rewriting everything as they're fucking shooting the movie. Yeah. And it looks like it. I, I, I mean, I think they pulled it off. No, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Right? I think they pulled it off. They pulled it off. I, for the most part. I, I said it since the when we watched and reviewed that movie. If it wasn't for that three Spider Mans on screen, like that movie was no good. I didn't think it was a good movie. Other than the fact that you got those moments that were just fun to to see all them together. But uh, yeah, I didn't really like the. Like that movie that much. So. I mean, you got to see the wrap ups of those other two Spider Man's kind of yeah. stories, you, which was amazing. You gave Andrew Garfield a nice send off. Yeah. A moment. You got to see Toby again, who was the Spider Man that he's like, you know, the first one, the first real Spider Man. So, yeah, I thought it was good. I loved that movie. And uh, that was an all time experience in the movie theater seeing that. It was. I have no qualms. It was up there with Endgame, man. From the minute Charlie Cox comes on, people are fucking cheering. Oh, yeah. People were going all the way through the end. And I just I still remember that moment when fucking Andrew Garfield pops out of the portal. It was so fucking so fucking great. I was like, holy shit, they're doing it. Uh, There's another. So he just said, I want I I want to protect Spider-Man. I'm lucky. We got to find a good reason. He's basically I don't want to make one for the sake of making one. But then there's another article from another interview with THR. And he's just he's done this recent Apple TV plus series called The Crowded Room. And he says things like, quote, I want to do things that scare me, that make me uncomfortable. He's like, I've never done anything like this before. I got so used to the Marvel machine and the safety blanket of Spider-Man feeling like I was protected. So possibly saying maybe he he's he's done with these kind of roles. But here's the thing. He, Tom Holland, all you have fucking have right now is Spider-Man. All He's tried a bunch of shit and does none, none of it works. None of it's work. None of it's work. Crowded room right now, thirty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uncharted is maybe the only other thing that was kind of big. He did that movie Cherry with the Russo brothers production. Nothing else that he's done has been any good. So just take the fucking paycheck, bro. And uh, I don't think that's what he's saying in that. No, no. I just think he's what he's saying is basically, I want to try things. Yeah. It's not it does, saying I want to try things doesn't also mean I don't want to do the Marvel movies. I guess I guess that's true. You could be. I mean, he wants to try things uh, that are outside of his comfort zone. A lot, a lot of actors are like yeah. that. They, you know, they they want to do weird roles. They want to do all sorts of stuff. This isn't well. That's what uncommon. happens when you when you do a movie and you become known as Spider Man or whatever. Yeah, and you have to like differentiate yourself and get out of that pigeonhole. Right and that becomes a focus for you because now you feel like, oh, now your whole mindset on everybody thinks I'm only Spider-Man and what's that? But like the fact that you're associated with Spider-Man at all, look at Michael Keaton. Yeah. He came back into Batman in his 60s. Yeah. Like, so you said, fuck Batman. He doesn't want to be Batman. Then he went and did a shitload of movies. Yeah, it's kind of fun to be Batman. I get paid a lot. I mean, he, he went did it. he's Beetlejuice yep. again, too. That, uh, that yeah. Beetlejuice 2 coming out. So, uh, but you gotta sow your oats. He's young, you know, but it's I I think he's gotta pick better projects. I don't know. No, he's just in like not good things. Uh aside from Spider-Man <laughs> is the problem. Uh okay, let's move on. I want to ask you what you think about some of these comments from Bob Iger uh that made waves a couple weeks ago. This is he was at the New York Times Deal Book Summit and talking about Captain Marvel. Bob Iger said, quote, the Marvels was shot during COVID. 
there wasn't as much supervision on the set, so to speak, where we have executives that are really looking over what's being done day after day after day. Bullshit. Essentially, he just threw like the whole production under the bus and said that executives really that's what they're it would getting made. dailies. They're getting they have to be. A, uh, they're told seeing about, it. Even if yeah, he's not on set, he's seen it. But really, you think more executives was the fucking name is why the movie was bad. So you think that Disney's cutting checks for millions of dollars on shit that they have no idea what's going on. They just don't care. It's not that they don't know. It's they don't get. They're trying to like say that they oh they have no idea that this is bad. This is lack of supervision. Maybe you've empowered the wrong people to make the wrong decisions, but that's 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 a different story. I think. I just find like for Iger, these are like incredibly tone deaf comments when he's usually good about talking about his talent and stuff. Like because. There is no actual solution to this problem. This is like something Zaslav would say, and then he'd be like, "I'm shelving the movie and taking a tax write-off. Fuck it." I think what he's, I think what he's getting, I think what he's trying to imply is that he wasn't really like if this all happened under like weird times with the other guy. What's his name? Chapek. Chapek. Yeah. Like this was all. I think he's just trying to put everything that's like bad in this box of like, hey, this. There's a reason for this thing. Our house wasn't in order, but now we're back and our house is in order. I think that's what he's, what he's trying to imply here. I don't, I don't know that it's all based on supervision because there's been de- some decent stuff that came out. I agree that it's probably harder to make films during the COVID. Yeah. It was probably a pain in the ass for people, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a weird comment. It's a weird comment. Some people saying this is like a dig at Nia DaCosta, the director. So, kind of sounds like it. And there was a, like another hit piece by Hollywood Reporter going after her, saying she wasn't at the premiere and all. I don't know why people going after Nia DaCosta. This article also points. I mean, the movie wasn't good. It, right? it wasn't. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It wasn't great. It obviously box office. I, I don't know what Nia DaCosta's role in it yeah, was yeah. because this movie. Yeah, if you anyone that's seen it, you can see that it's been pretty tacked up. Yeah. So either she filmed some shit and it wasn't good, and they felt like they had to do it, or you know, other people got a hold of the movie and wanted to change it into something else. We don't really know. I mean, the you know, this article points out Ant Man and the Wasp underperformed, Indiana Jones Dial Destiny underperformed. I just feel like all the things that I hear about working for Marvel is incongruent to what they're saying. That's right? true. That's true. So all these creative people that want to have freedom, they're like, we can't do anything with Marvel. They're like, got us. They're up my ass about everything. And then they're like, oh, well, we uh, we, we, we were so loosey goosey that things just went awry. So who's right? You know, so uh, it makes you think about that. So I think it, uh, to me, Bob Iger's doing damage control. And that's that's what it it's is. I think little- that they do have ultimate control about what they do. And uh, all of these creative directors, I mean, they're 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 prevising everything to the tenth degree. There's yeah. so many boxes they put people in, and then they got, they act like, oh, we had no idea we were doing this. It's a machine. It, yeah, there's no way. You think? He's and if a- it is, then that fucking thing is a fucking mess, and you should <laughs> burn it down and start over again. I mean, um, are they gonna micromanage like Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy? There's, they probably wouldn't. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. But I think that Ryan Reynolds has got huge balls. Yeah. And he, he could swing his dick around and be like, uh, yeah, we're just going to do what we want to do. And then let's see what happens. Like he, he'll, he'll, I don't think he actually has to play nice with them. 
he is a commodity, right? Yeah, so, I think he, he can, they need that. He can get away with doing whatever he wants. But right, uh, the fact that they brought him into the fold of Marvel at large, that's a Disney product. And what is all of the PG-13? And let him do R-rated, an R-rated movie. Yeah, yeah that's kind of crazy. So anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was was weird comments from Bob Iger. who's usually good about that, but they got a lot of they got a they got a lot of cleaning up to do over there. A lot of explaining to do. Yeah, that movie like they stopped reporting the box office on the Marvels early. I I it's uh it's the big it's a big bomb. It's a big bomb. It's yeah, it's not good. I think it's going to finish around three hundred million. Oh my god! Well, I think million. this next wow. article that you're going to bring up yeah. is pretty much. Is the button on this story okay. here? I, I want to share some audio for this last thing in the news. Uh, we are going to be hearing. It's about a minute long. It's not. It's a clip from this podcast called the Comic Book Palace Reborn, that is uh, run by a 30 year comic store owner, Glenn O'Leary. Uh, and this clip from this episode kind of went viral. Uh, I'm going to play it. And I want to get your comments to set the scene. He is in front of. Uh, his his in a store in front of a bunch of comic books. Most of these new writers don't have the love of comics like these older writers had, um, and all they care about is how can I put myself in the book. No, we don't care what you would do if you were Iron Man. We don't care who you are. You're writing Tony Stark. You're not writing yourself in a book. If that's the case, write your own comic with you in it. No one will read it because nobody cares. People people grew up. Uh, growing up loving Peter Parker, loving Miles Morales, loving all these Captain America, we don't need you to put your input in it. Just write Steve Rogers. Don't write Steve Rogers. What would Steve Rogers be if I was Steve Rogers? That's not how it works. But that's, again, how most of the most of these new people write nowadays. That's why most of the stuff is shit. Because we don't care how you would, what you would do, because we don't care about your life whatsoever. Just write a book, get paid for what you do, get paid for what you're supposed to be doing, and make it a, a good story. Wow. Uh, so he got a lot of shit, but then a lot of people coming to support him. Well, he's too. right. Yes. What do we want? What do we feel? <laughs> Wait, is that Rugboy's brother right? <laughs> or uncle? Sounded, yeah, that's me. That's like really me. I own this comic book shop. I yeah. think he, is that Rugboy doing another voice. Yeah, uh, that's what it sounded like. No, that's Glenn O'Leary. Owns the comic book okay. palace in Massachusetts. Rugs comments. Is he right? I mean, I've said all of this a thousand times, right? So. I mean, I get. Well, you I don't like Dan agree. Slott's work. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were a big Dan Slott guy. Well, Dan Slott, you know, he, he, he uh, to his credit, he writes Peter Parker. He just writes, just includes other characters, too many other characters, and takes the focus off Peter. Smartly, I give him credit for he didn't. Well, make I've it. been saying this for a long time. He never gave me any props when I said it. He did. Well, it's Imran's the type of guy that if someone else says it, then he believes it. But if I, if his friends say Red it, boy. He's, he just ignores it and goes, oh, yeah, sure. All right. I have a slack hole. I have 16th. Okay. I don't understand. It's hard to listen to a man who's three feet tall and but then, made, of, made of cotton stuffing. But, if another guy says it who sounds similar, then I'm yeah, all on right. board. I Look, I'll give him credit for like he didn't make it political or anything, right? He just kind of stated a fact and it, that it makes a lot of sense, right? So he's talking about like writers and new comics. Is that yeah. And a lot of new comic writers were like came out against him and a lot of them came out for him. But the point being, write the character, right? What the character would do. Well, makes sense. You, you heard what happened with. So Kelly Sue DeConnick, right? Yeah. Yeah. She is the one who wrote Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel and all. This. So she was just like, 
listen, like uh, we're we're tired of like uh, these old old dudes trying to like dictate what we do. If you don't like my book, don't buy my book. She's like, the comic yeah. book industry is healthy. We'll survive w- without you. And then like a month later, after all the freaking guys stopped reading comics, she put out this thing like, oh, comics are in trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like sounding the alarm, like, oh, my God. So it's like, yeah, like there was there once was a uh, a bunch of people who wanted to escape and read superhero stories and and uh, kind of follow these characters. And those characters have even though they still exist, they are they I think number one, all of the great ideas have been done. So like there is there is that thing of like there's uh an envelope of time that you cover you can pretty much cover the whole gamut, like and then you run out of ideas without starting to retread similar themes. Sure. So so there's that. But then there's also the fact that a lot of people that are writing these things, um, you know, they, they they came into comics from the movies. They This is a generation of people growing up writers that never actually read comics and only did, read them for research, and, and they do it begrudgingly. And they want to see how much they could change the medium instead of embracing the medium that it is. So I, I do think um, there's something to that. But there's also good stuff being written all the time. There's like independent people oh, coming yeah. up yeah. writing their own characters yeah. and writing great stories that are not like infringing upon established canon or anything like that that are great so it's not like there's not good new writers out there it's just that there's a mentality towards like there's no like reverence for like the characters at all they're just kind of like do whatever they want with it that's crazy i mean you know there's inherent character aspects to people like batman daredevil tony stark right but is there not room for them to change uh, or grow as a character? Instead, of- I mean, yeah, you obviously have to try and keep it with the times, I guess, but within reason. Right, right, right. It has to be with it. You can't just do an about face. I mean, they've look, they've done about faces and gotten press for it. Yeah. And then they think that getting press and getting magazine articles written about it means it's good. Because people are talking about it, but it doesn't equate to like real success. It doesn't equate to good stories, even. It just equates for like because you get press, like getting press because you come up with a a gimmick. I mean, I mean, comics have been making gimmicks for years. Remember the chromium covers? Remember all that stuff? Yeah. So they've been using that formula, but every once in a while, you'll find like people like Jim Shooter and all these guys who really fucking wanted to like do a stat I mean he made his own new universe in Marvel because he wanted to try and start something that was like and then he went over to Valiant and and actually created a yeah. a, a a universe that has continuity where yeah. everything makes sense and there's a, a set of rules time. that everyone plays by yeah so there's guys like that who really love the medium and and care about that stuff so you know I mean there's plenty of, of great writers but Whatever. I mean, it's not the best time for comics. We all can agree on that. Like the stores are closing. Uh, they're mine. They're still mining stuff from the eighties for these movies. Yeah, and when they do good. mine new stuff, it it's tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts? Should the writer, if you're hired, 
write the character or as a creative, you always kind of want to put a little bit of yourself into everything you do. Is there a balance? I mean, I haven't been reading new comics lately. I feel like what this guy's saying, there's probably some truth to that. There's also a lot of generalization to it. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd have to listen to like the whole thing. The yeah, podcast, it's, it's right? out of context, sure. So it's tough to really say what what he's truly getting at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's at the end of the day, you're writing another character, right? You're writing a character that's been created by someone else, yeah. and you're you have to be honor that character's um, origin and and who they are, while also incorporating new thoughts, new ideas. You know, it has to all kind of flow together and make sense. I don't know that you should exclusively write a character to please like fanboys. I think you write the character that's within um, the confines of what the established person is, and then take it in the direction you know that you you feel this character would go in based on you know pre-established right. their history um, yeah. history yeah. of the character. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's just a ba- there's a balance. I mean, you I think it's a, it's a big job if you're a writer to get one of these characters. You know, I don't know how much it pays, but there, when you get something that's not your IP, you, there are some limitations, right? You can't exactly, you can't do just do anything. So, I mean, this isn't nothing new. Like the first guy I think of this is Frank Miller. Like he does Daredevil, he makes it darker. Then he does the Dark Knight and just pushes it. And well, uh, but he stays in, you know, in the vein of Batman. So, so Batman isn't this thing that was just fully realized when it came out, right? But th- this is the thing that you have to always respect and understand is that it is so hard to have something that strikes a chord with people to the point where it has a fan base of for years and years. And years. We talked about Godzilla last week, like to create there's a certain DNA to that. Whatever you've created that has has somehow caught, you know, the attention of people. Yeah. And to completely ignore that or just use it as a basically a marketing tool so you can like tell whatever story you want to, that is kind of out in, in a blasphemous is the only word I could think of. Yeah. It's like you're spitting in the face of this kind of like miracle that happened that like this character caught fire, it became like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for example. Yeah. Like who knew that was going to like there's a magic there. Yeah. There was the time. The, the weirdness of it, the the interest in ninjas, all that stuff. The, the fact that they could kind of keep the essence going for such a long time, it's great. And they, they come in and they tried to do some weird stuff in the newer ones, and it's fine. They didn't deviate that far. They're always trying to stick somewhere in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the key. Yeah. It's like you true. can't – like the Punisher – they, they've completely messed up the Punisher now. They've completely gone away from the Punisher because they think the Punisher is bad. Right. They've somehow figured out a way to make... I mean, the Punisher's always been bad, but that's not what that character embodies, right? The, the, the Punisher embodies the fact that the police can't fucking do it. Somebody has to do it. Right. What the police won't do. So, and that's why he exists, but they... You know, Marvel's now changed the the symbol. They've changed this. They changed that. They changed yeah. the whole storyline of the yeah. character because they they're trying to please this market that doesn't exist for the Punisher. So you it's know, just weird. The irony is when creating these characters, if these writers didn't put themselves in it, you know, we wouldn't have had 
a Superman or a spot. Like, you don't think Stanley and Ditko and Jack Kirby were putting themselves in these comic books? Uh, we wouldn't have a Miss Marvel or a Miles Morales. But then once the character is sta- is established, you have this. There's hit- rules you have to There's play rules. by. You have the canon. I mean, this is like everybody knows this, but nobody does it. It's true. It's true. It's like it's like having a belief. You believe it, but you never would fucking do it. And, and, and it's the way it is. As far as modern comics, I actually the most recent thing, I bought a couple of amazing Spider-Man trade paperbacks with the new uh, the new storyline, Zeb Wells writing. I just wanted to see what the fuck's happening with Spider-Man. Can I catch up? So there were like five issue each trade paperback. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it's not that good. Uh, I, do, <laughs> I do enjoy right now what they've done with Peter Parker is I don't know what happened, but everybody hates him. The Avengers, the Fantastic Four, they're not his friends. He's like broke. He can barely pay rent. Mary Jane is dating some other dude. She may even be engaged to this other guy. He's got no girl. He's got to work for Osborne. And I just, there was, the writing is so decompressed well, that it well, just that, frustrates me. Like, that doesn't sound bad. No. Yeah, what you, it, what it you, must be what you described terribly. sounds like Peter. That yeah. sounds good, but I'll tell you in this. <laughs> on paper. On paper. You, did it, you didn't do a very good job shitting no, on that. that right it's there. okay, but here's the thing. The second trade paperback that consists of five issues has this storyline that you could have told in one fucking issue and they fucking stretch it out i'm like really fucking five issues it was annoying as fuck but that sounds terrible when i started when i found out where they had them i was like better way of shit on something yeah it kind of came off 50 50 (laughs) it's spider-man after all and i did i when it's every when they run shits on something it actually sounds like praise that's actually pretty good that, that, that's actually pretty good. The concept, that didn't sound shitty at all. Wiped everything. So I was happy in the beginning with the concept, of, but then I'm not. I after the third trade paperback, I was like, "Nah, I'm done. I can't. I don't. It just I didn't enjoy it. I don't know. Why. You know, I, Rugs touched on it. But I can only imagine how difficult it is yeah. to continually write stories for characters that have been around for what 60, 50, 70 60, years. Yeah. Right. And have a new have a new storyline with a new comic come out monthly. I feel like that's pretty difficult. So. You're gonna get some trash. Yeah. I think you're gonna. You're, this is just. These are characters that are what. What we ask of these characters is to have new stories every month. But keep it the same. <laughs> but give me new. But stories. yeah, don't right. So yeah. like, it's just. I think. It, I think at some point you run out yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I think that John Burnley tried to like reset Spider-Man and start from issue one again. Oh and yeah. Just actually use the actual issues, but just update things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I, that didn't last long, but I was actually on board for that. I was like, okay, this is a good way to like revisit those old stories that were written in like in their time, but you just modernize update, them. you just modernize them with the language and the style of clothing that they're wearing right. and some th- this and that. Same story. But, you know, but you're not going to make Peter into something that he's not. You're going to stick to that character. He's a nerd. Yeah. He's, you know, into photography. He's into, you know, whatever. He lives with his aunt, whatever. So like, you don't deviate that far, but you can bring things into the modern age. You can reframe some of these things uh, with some of the stuff, but like it's, you still have to stay true to the character. I think that's what the problem is. I think that they, um, I, I feel like it's a the way to, the way to write it as well. It's like Dan Slott's ways of writing this. The Zeb Well sounds terrible that it's decompressed like that. Yeah. That was a little annoying. You know what I am looking forward to? I might actually, pick- is the art good? The art wasn't. The art was decent. I think it's 
was um shit. I don't even remember. I have it sitting here. I feel like that the art's not good anymore either. What I'm looking forward to that I've heard it sounds pretty good is the new Ultimate Spider-Man. They're rebooting the Ultimate Universe. So the, co- oh, wow. the yeah the cover for one of these variant covers shows Peter and Mary Jane are married. They have two teenage children, a boy and a girl. That appear they look like they're like t- uh, 15 years old, like 12 and 15. So this is I seeing uh, in a, a father Peter Parker still be Spider Man could be kind of interesting. They pulled it off on Superman and Lois really well. Seeing a dad fucking Clark Kent Superman was they did a great job. So if it could do some of that, I might be in. I might check it out. See, you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a Spider-Man series about New York. Okay. And you just basically like uh, the storyline would be like they decided that like, look, we, we need people to cover certain cities. You need to, you know, use your jurisdiction. This is what you got to you're in charge. Spider-Man, you got all of Manhattan and New York. And like you just make it about New York and you just make it about all the stuff. And then every once in a while, you can go off to the Avengers and do some stuff, but kind of like really not just be in a comic book version. Like try and get down to like the stories of the people. So you like you use Peter as the the conduit to other stories. Wow. You know, and uh, it, it, it'd be it would be cultural. It would be. There'd be realism to it, but then obviously you'd have the heroics and, and all that other like stuff. Like the city would be like a character almost. Yes. I like that. Oh, I like so, that. Dan Slot, get it done. I'll buy it. <laughs> no, not Dan Slot. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. All right, let's take a break here. We're going to play some promos and come back and talk about the return of John Woo to Hollywood. Oh, my God. Right after this. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we want to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave. Uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listener, if you enjoy this show, this is a great time to give back and join our fan club 
on Patreon, visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! You can support the show on a monthly or annual basis. We appreciate all the love and support uh, we get from our listeners. You get access to things like a exclusive uh, bonus RSS feed where the shows come out early. Instant reactions to movies. There will be some bonus chatter this week. We got an extra movie review. Uh, Patreon pick is up there. A lot of bonus content going back many years uh, over there to enjoy. You can also get Discord access and hang out with uh, with us on our monthly Discord hangout. Uh, this month's Discord, December 2023. It's this week. It's Thursday, December 14th. Oh, oh shit. Why are you guys going to be there? You're going to be there. Who's going to be there? This week? I'll do it. This I'll week. Do this it. Thursday. I might be able pop to be in. there. A little, little pop-in. We love when the Anthony does the pop-in. Always mm-hmm. fun to uh, hang out with our listeners, get to know them. And there's a tier where you can pick any movie you want for us to watch and review. Lots of fun stuff over on the Patreon. Check it out. Link in the episode description. Okay, it's review time. This week, we are going to be discussing the return of John Woo. Yes, there's a John Woo movie in the theaters. John Woo directed this movie called Silent Night. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Now, this movie is not to be confused with, I think there's three other movies that are called Silent Night that came out, like, recently. So, you want to get the right one. You want Woo's Silent Night, and like I said... Yeah, isn't there like a silent night there's a, horror movie? There's a movie horror too? movie. There's a violent night horror movie. There's a silent night from like 2012. And the 20, there's so many movies called Silent Night. So, kind of a generic title, fitting. Well, you'll see. Uh, and like I mentioned, this is John Woo's first Hollywood American movie since 2003's Paycheck, 20 years ago, with the Ben Affleck. Wow. It's also his first movie in general in like six years. He went back to China and did a bunch of movies there. Really? Uh, yes. So, I mean, of course, the real quick uh, rundown, we have 80s action Hollywood John Woo doing things like A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, Hard Boiled, Fantastic Things. Then he gives us Hard Target with Van Damme, uh, Broken Arrow, Face Off, uh, a couple Mission of other Impossible things. Two. Oh, Mission Impossible 2. And then he goes back to China and does things like Red Cliff, and uh, yeah. a couple other, a couple other things, and then I guess hasn't made a movie in the last six years, and this is his comeback. We'll see how it goes. On Rotten Tomatoes, currently this movie sitting at a sixty percent critics remo- uh, tomato meter out of ninety eight reviews, five point seven out of ten, fifty percent for the audience. Uh, is that Ooh, they don't like it? Is that how that breaks down? I could not find the budget of this movie or the number of theaters it's in because I feel like it's not in a lot of theaters. Like Godzilla minus one is in way more theaters than this movie. Right. They had one showing that day. Yeah. And like even on my app, like the, the theater closest to me had two showings on the Thursday. And then the next three days, it wasn't even at that theater. It was at another AMC. I was like, what the fuck? Hmm. It's very weird. Right. So this opened uh, the same day as Godzilla Minus One last week, December 1st, was its release. Uh, it opens to a mere $3 million. Uh, and currently, it's sitting worldwide at six six point two million. Wow. It's 5.8 domestic right now, but it opened to $3 million. So if I was to get, uh, guess the budget, it's, it's not a lot, obviously. And this is essentially... 
an independent film for the John Woo. It's his own production company. I believe he funded this himself to get it done. So that explains kind of the small budget directed by John Woo and written by a dude named Robert Archer Lynn. As far as the cast, kind of a tight cast. You have Joel Kinnaman as the lead character whose name you don't find out until the very end. It's Brian Godlock. Godlock. I'm sure there's a meaning there. Playing his wife is Catalina Sandina Moreno. Playing a detective. Kid Cuddy. I don't know what his real name is. He's listed as Kid Cuddy. Uh, and playing the bad guy, Playa. Harold Torres. And there's a couple other people you don't really need to know. But that's your main four. Um, music also by Marco Beltrami. Uh, this Anthony, what happens in uh, this R-rated one-hour, forty-four-minute return of the legendary John Woo? Yeah, this is about a family man. I think in, in somewhere in Texas, uh, California, is, Los Angeles. Uh, I thought no, it was I think Las it's Palomas. in Texas. Oh, you think it's in yeah. Texas? I know it was shot in Mexico uh, City, by the way. Oh yeah, I think it's Texas. I thought it was Los but Angeles. anyways. Okay. It's about a family man playing with his son on his front yard and his neighborhood and his specifically his son gets caught up in crossfire between gang members. His son dies. He gets pretty injured in, in trying to chase them down. The main character played by Joel Kinnaman. And then uh, he goes on a one man vigilante revenge quest to avenge his son as his marriage disintegrates. Um, and it's like, it's a silent film. Well, not not completely a silent film, but there's very very limited oh, dialogue. I forgot to mention it is dialogue free. There's sounds, there's music, there's grunting, there's some cheats, there's occasional whispered words, but that nobody has any lines. Uh, did you say in your thing he got shot in his throat in your pot thing? No, but that that that's why you can't. Talk. Right in the beginning, you see him. Chase, but that's pointless because nobody talks. Chasing down some gangsters after they, his kid gets shot, and I don't know what he thought he was going to do, but he essentially gets shot in the throat and cannot talk anymore. And uh, that means everybody can't talk. Anthony, anyways, what did you think? John Woo, I was, were you excited to see a new John Woo movie in the theater, first of all? Um, I apologize. There's a dog barking oh, in the background, Logan. so you're going to have to get, get used to that. But... Uh, we when this came out when the trailers for this came out we were full into action yeah. movie reviewing and we had just reviewed some classic John Woo movies you know we had um, hard boiled in the all time finals mm-hmm. so you know this was we were we were fully John Wooed in yeah. and I was like oh this is gonna be great you know John Woo doing a silent action film for the first time returning to the U S with an action film doing a silent movie like there's a lot of intrigue here. I was, I was, I was relatively excited, you know. Then obviously, there some time passed. Godzilla minus one came out the same week, so I forgot that it even came out. So my expectations were muted a little bit because I just forgot that this movie was happening. Right. And then obviously, we saw it a week later, and I, I had a little bit of a, 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 a lot of the reviews, a lot of the feedback from people that had seen it was were making it over to even my my stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit more tempered in terms of. Um, being excited for this film so and how did it hit you at the end oh this is not john woo's best film (laughs) um i would i would describe it as this is a movie where i don't know why the gimmick is in place because it really doesn't actually add to the film i feel like it actually detracts from the film okay 
and with the this it's it's a movie that we've seen millions of times. It's you know your classic death wish, death sentence. Taken. revenge film yeah. where the you know the guy is wronged by you know a family man is wronged and takes the law into his own hands you know it's the punisher it's everything we've seen before yeah. um but i don't feel like it's done all that well here it's not done any better than things we've seen before and the middle of the movie really drags like i mentioned earlier the 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 no dialogue thing detracts from the movie like there's a lot of scenes where it's just like People would be talking. I don't talking? understand why no one is speaking. <laughs> like, why is this the way it is? I, it just the reliance on the gimmick really to me hurts the film. And then the action is good, but it's not like mind blowing. Yeah. And it's not there's not nearly enough of it. Yeah. Um and then I just found it very weird at the end. There's a weird tonal thing where like the main characters hunting down the bad guy in this, you know, this abandoned warehouse type thing. And like the bad guys, like slow dancing with the girl, yeah. like it just a lot of weird stylistic choices. I just, yeah, I did not like this movie. I didn't, I didn't, I, it was okay. I didn't hate yeah. it, but I was just like, wow, I would, I expected a lot more out of this. Yeah, Rugs, how about you? Opening thoughts. Great, John Woo. Um, John Woo, at a at a time, was such an artist and a revolutionary person who would bring something new to the table. And I felt like that maybe he was under pressure to do something new. Mm. So he did, tried this out. I don't think it was a good experiment because, well, well, yeah, I admire the fact they try to make a movie without any dialogue. But um, the reason for Joel Kinnaman's character to not talk, he was shot in the throat. He can't talk. Great. He doesn't talk. Right. But now to have all the other characters not talk and you just don't buy it. It's just like, no, you have to say something like, Wait, the detective doesn't say like nobody says anything. Yeah. So it 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 just saps some of the power out of the movie. So just on a basic level, it's already being taxed and uh by doing this kind of convention. Then on top of it, uh if you compare it to other John Woo movies, there's better action than other John Woo movies. A lot of the stuff that you're seeing here, he's done in other movies, like when he's firing and he's spinning out in the car and shooting, that's a Mission Impossible too. Yeah. Um, uh, the idea of this movie is a very Punisher. We've seen all of this revenge movie stuff before, and I, you know, I think Joel Kinnaman would be a great Punisher. Yeah, I think he's huge. He's he knows how to handle weapons. He's good in the fight. He could be. And this could have been that movie. This could have been like a Punisher, but I feel like it it fizzles out. It. It, it doesn't crescendo at the end where you you think it's going to like kind of be this great ending. And it kind of like he gets like Swiss cheese by a, a heroin addict girl. Yeah. And then the, the last bad guy basically like barely finishes him off himself, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it just didn't add up to like a good experience. Like it was fine. Like I thought this movie was going to be released on like Netflix or something. Right, and if and if it, if I have to get up and try and find this movie and schedule my life around it because it's only playing one time, it's a perfectly serviceable Netflix film. Absolutely, you know. I just think that um, it's not a, the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's also it's very lacking. I, it's yeah. um, you know what? I, it's kind of like it's got a lot of action for like what it cost, probably. Yeah, 
but it's not very memorable. Like there's not like like you've seen better stuff in John Wick. Yeah. You've seen like you've seen the same thing done in so many other movies better or just as good. So it's it's weird. The thing is, okay, my opening thoughts real quick. I was I was really excited. I'm excited to see a new John Wick movie and came away slightly, you know, disappointed. It's it's not as much as a comeback as it's like a warm up for him. Uh, getting his feet wet again. I appreciated the dialogue free attempt. It is absolutely an experiment. It is gimmicky. Uh, but having said that, the storytelling is there. Like you didn't need the dialogue to follow the story. Yes, the story is a very predictable, straightforward thing we've seen anymore. Where you do see signature John Woo is in. There's a lot of melodrama that he loves to do. You know, like focusing on a tear. And then, like, uh, changes to a bullet. Cha- drop. Yeah, and then that cuts to like a bullet dropping, all that shit. And the, the action scenes, you know, it's got car chases, it's got shootouts, it's got car chase shootouts. Uh, the the fight scene in the kitchen, I thought was was fun to watch. Yeah, that was cool. A lot of long takes, like up the staircase. So it's it, a you, fake one. Yeah, you see that it's Joel Kinnaman doing this. There is explosion. There's a guy on fire. There's a fucking parrot for no reason. No doves, but there's gotta have a bird. There's a bird in there, and you know this is a good example of like what you mean when people are like show don't tell. But yeah, I, I on, the, on the negative side, like his character is the only character that got any character development. Nobody, you didn't know shit about anybody else. And there are times where I love the gimmick, but even I was like, why didn't they say nothing? Uh, there's another movie on Hulu called No One Will Save You that also is dialogue-free except for one sentence. Makes a little more sense than that one because it's just a girl in a house with an alien. But then there's a point where she goes to like the police station and like nobody says anything. And I'm like, wouldn't you have said something there? So if you have the rules of this gimmick, it's just it's hard inherently at some point. If you don't have a reason, you're going to be like, why the fuck did that guy not say nothing? Especially when you're fighting him. I expected one of the gangsters to be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like when she's like texting him for no. Oh my god, she's reason. standing three feet behind him. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, the thing is, Imran, all the things you listed as like positives, yeah. those should be a given in an action right. movie. Like that's not really a positive. Right. That's like just what John Woo does. Like scene. she could have been texting him from the car or something. Like you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah why is she like, in the kitchen? She's standing and he's right like, behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that doesn't annoying. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And what what stinks too is because you have no dialogue. You're you know you're you're kind of cutting yourself off, and then like we're spending so much time with this character in the middle act, and like I, I, we don't need to like we don't there's no dialogue so we can't we're not, we're not really learning a ton more and I, I know it's show don't tell but like we know like we're already we're already motivated yeah. like we don't need to see him drive into further man like i want to see him kill yeah, people yeah you just want I, him I, to get to it i already have connected to the character because i wouldn't want my son to die right. i understand so like we we don't need to like see him further devolve into like this madness and then like do this like training where he's like like we don't need all this it's just like let if if you're going to do this gimmick then the movie has to move faster yeah and the, like, and even yeah. though it's only it's uh, less than two hours, I felt like it was really fucking oh, slow. Shit. It should have been the, seventy the minutes long. And I mean, right. I'll agree. The payoff is not that great when you no. Get to the it. payoff is kind of, sh- and then it's weird because like at the end, like I mentioned, she's they're like doing this slow dance thing, yeah. and like it's kind of like 
becoming face offy, yeah. but like the whole movie prior to that was actually like very serious. They like, grounded, yeah. Very grounded. And then they're doing the, and then like the end when he's dying and you look at the balloons and he's like seeing visions in the balloons. I'm like, what is oh my going God. on? He here? sees the future that him and his son could have had. But it's like, so why, weird. why is that in the like so in the balloon? Like that's just such a weird choice. Wait, so he they all does he die at the end? Is that what we're yes. yeah he dies. Okay. He does. He does die. He's, he dies, but then he's like sees the the life he could have. So, had and I mean, son. as far like there's dialogue cheats, like the text messages. There's police scanner radio. There's, but it's not used well. No, there's TV news, and then you like they scroll a letter at the end of the movie. You got to read a fucking letter. And also, <laughs> she did whisper to him. She was like, "It's okay." Shh. Like she said shit. So I'm like, either don't do heaven any words, or what are you slipping in? So what are you doing? Like, oh, it's inconsistent. Yeah, I I I think. It would have been, I think just the fact that you have the main character that can't speak yeah, and uh, how he has to rely on his emotion and whatever. I think that's enough of a challenge. So yeah. he, you know, I loved, I, I'm a fan of Joel Kinnaman now more recently because of like For All Mankind and he's pretty good as Rick Flagg in those Suicide Squad movies. But in this movie, he has like two and a half expressions. He's all either sad or he's angry or he's sad and angry at the same time. That's all. It's like every expression <laughs> he does in the movie. But he looks badass. Now, as far as your Punisher comment, I did like the training scenes were kind of interesting. Kind of remind me of Taxi Driver, but unlike Taken and Death Wish. But this is a guy who's never been in a fight. He has to learn how to shoot a gun. He has to learn how to drift a car. Uh, We see his like first kill. Yeah, he does throw up when he kills someone. But then he's very good at shooting accurately all of a sudden, very quickly. Uh. And while he's driving, like all of a sudden he's like John Wick and he could drive a car and shoot right in the guy's fucking chest. No problem. Uh, but I don't know. Some of the action was like there was hints of like, oh, there's some fucking nice John Woo shit. You, you brought up a movie right there that like this is immediately going to be compared to and it just doesn't even hold a candle. So, John Wick. Yeah, This is the great irony, right? Because we wouldn't have the John Wick if we didn't have John Woo doing what he did in the 80s. Now. Does is John Woo? My question is: Is he done? Is his bag of tricks old hat? Does he need no? New I tricks? just think that this particular experiment didn't work to his strengths. Like the great thing about John Woo is that his characters are great too. Yeah, like his action yeah. is good, yeah. but his characters are great too. Like yeah. you have like these memorable characters, and you know you have Mickey Mouse and whatever. So you have all those guys. Uh, you, you got. Caster Troy. Caster Troy. I mean, yeah. He's great. Uh, every so, Chow Young uh, Fat character, right? And yeah. Alan from Hard Boiled. Well, you know, we, we talked Tequila. about this earlier with Tom Holland, yeah. where he wants to try things. Yeah. And, and you're seeing it here with John Rue. Like, as a director, I'm sure he wanted to test himself and, and return to the U.S. audience and try something here. And, and it, it clearly, it did not, in my opinion, it did not work. I, but he tried. I something. think the script kind of fails him, too. So, I, I you know, I don't completely blame him. I, he did. I'd love to see John Woo do like a a western or oh. a uh, or like a mob movie like from like the 1920s. He did talk about how he had to change how he shot this film, and and that was a big deal for him. Like they didn't shoot any coverage, so like they just shot what they needed and moved on. Um, but yeah, you can clearly see like the small budget. Yeah, as a small budget movie, it's fine. It just I I really think that um. You say the name Wu, yeah, and you you're like little, expecting you there's an expectation yeah. there. There's an expectation there, and, yeah. and um, it, I mean, it, the movie, it's just not that entertaining. 
And John Woo movies, at the very least, you walk out of a John Woo movie and you go, that was something. And this one, I I literally walked out and you go, this isn't even worth talking about. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's no dialogue in the film and I don't even want to talk about it. So do you think he established the the relationship with his son well? Dialogue less like I, I missed more? the beginning of the movie. Can you tell me how the movie opens? Oh, so it, oh my gosh. So rugs. Oh I also missed oh, the first minute or oh, two of the okay. movie. <laughs> it starts really strange. It is a slow motion shot of Joel Kinnaman running towards the camera. This is straight up John Woo melodrama, and he's wearing that Christmas sweater. Oh, is that how it starts? Yes, and he's got blood on him. But the way he shot, I can't. I, how do I even explain this? You know, somebody's running at you, and you shoot it. You imagine that the camera is tracking with the person moving back as they're running. This slow motion open, it's a very close, close up tight shots, but it looks he's running, but he's it looks like he's running in place. Like it it I don't I don't know if they put him on a treadmill and then shot him. It's very strange. And then it just cuts to him running through the alley, chasing these two cars that are shooting okay. at each other. Yeah, right? that's where I And then he finds up. the pipe and he hits the thing and then you're like what the fuck is going on? And then it cut then it cuts to him in the hospital and then they show you what happened at Christmas. And I was so mad because usually when I go to the theater you have like a 20 minute guarantee that yes. at least 30 minute. They and started this, this one, right they, away. I, I guess they had no trailers to put in front of this. They had weird so trailers. So it started like a little bit uh, a little bit that's earlier. Weird. Than I, I, I literally did the same thing, Rugs. I walked in at like the movie was a three o'clock start. And I walked, or no, two thirty start, and I walked in at two forty six, thinking I still had plenty of time. And the movie, I, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is that Joel Kinnaman? What's going on? It Did this movie started just started already? Fuck! <laughs> Whoa! So like the first like maybe fifteen minutes of the movie, I was like wondering what I missed. Same. So it, like it kind of spoiled the experience. I couldn't really immerse myself in the first bit of the movie. So I want to state that as well because I don't think you I said missed, that in my review. You didn't miss either. nothing. You missed slow motion so, Joel Kinnaman. But it, from like, what I gathered, the the you see the kill later on. Yeah. 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 Right. So okay. But yeah, he gets shot in the throat. And there's some, you know, there's some brutal violence. There's some squibs. There's some CGI blood. Well you know what else is weird with the dialogue is like the kid the guy got stuck in a gang the kid gets killed in a gang war, but I don't necessarily think we'd see him hunting two gangs. Uh, there's a line where he writes on the calendar, gang war. Gang start war. a gang war. Well, I was, start a gang war, but I, but like it's just him hunting that one. It's gang. confusing. I think. Yeah, I was confused yeah. too. I, I was like, where? How does he start the gang war? What does he do? So I think right. he starts the gang war when he sends those fingertips to the one of his guys to the one guy, and that guy thinks it's the other gang, and then they're both there. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense because yeah. that part where he takes the video from the gang member and films the guy getting executed right, and he shoots him yeah he shoots him like on the video and sends it like it's clear to me that now the the main guy playa knows that joel kinnaman's character has the gun or has the, the phone yet that motherfucker is so stupid to send out a group text including yes. that guy that, that has that died yeah. and says come to the warehouse yeah. like wouldn't you exclude that guy because now you know someone else has the phone yeah, that part. But see, there's no dialogue. No, so this, it's confusing. this is what sucks. It's confusing. <laughs> I just want to see him fuck some people up. I do that. And if you're going to do the fucking people up thing, you have to do it has to be more than what he put on screen. So, like the fake one shotter is not enough. Yeah. And, and to me, actually, the fake one shot isn't that great because all we're getting as he's coming up the stairs is the villains coming out stupidly one by one. And it's getting blasted. Yeah. And just getting bl- like they're running into the bullets. Yeah. And it's like. This might have worked in the 90s yeah. when it was fun, yeah. 
But like this has to be a little smarter. Well, the whole thing is like a '90s throwback. Like uh, the you know, it's like it all, like the la- Latino gang and yeah, the white savior, suburban dad killing all the brown people. I, I mean, don't this know. is literally this is Death Wish. It's this Death is, Wish. It's even yeah, yeah it's, even more it's, that, it's that it. This movie came out twenty years ago with James with Kevin Bacon and James. This Wan. movie would have been a, a huge hit twenty years if it came out twenty years ago. It would have been great. All right, let's just put it in the revenge movie listing here. And yeah. Top top revenge movies. Let's see. It's what we definitely got here. a revenge. Right, let's see. I mean, you didn't like that fight in the house. I like the thing where he it was not clean. Like he was training, but he was he was fucking it up and he's getting stabbed and he was not not good at it. The fight in the kitchen at his house was amazing. I want to go amazing. It was pretty good. Ron, come on. It was pretty good. We've seen it, it we've was, seen, it was, it was entertaining. Good. It was like the best action thing in the movie. It was good, but we've also seen that in Nobody and like yeah, it's good. yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; that was a good scene, but it, but it's not enough to hang a whole movie. That's on. the thing; he's doing things now that we've seen. He he's doing things he used to do that nobody has seen, but now everybody's done them, and he's doing the same thing. So now we're just like, oh, we've seen it, but we didn't get the same. That I don't think I agree with that. We didn't get like the same John Woo. No, we didn't get yeah, okay. We didn't get double guns we got, like that. No, we didn't the get... detective had double guns once. Yes, Kid Cudi did one oh, yeah, shot. Yeah, with it was guns. one shot. He had two guns, but that was it. I. But we didn't get like them facing each uh, other back to back. We didn't get like doves. The we got a sliding on banisters, shooting. You need something. No, like, you we, need didn't, we didn't like. have a lot of religious stuff. Yeah. I didn't need all that, but I just needed like uh, the banter. The characters is what I was missing. No, yeah, you know the action was. It's not as balletic as he, his previous stuff, as his best stuff, right? It, it just it seemed just a little messy instead of usually. He's got great choreographed thing, like the hard boiled that whole scene where it's like one shot in the elevator. Oh my god! Oh shit! I mean, yeah, you're not, not going to beat anything with. I mean, he's in hard boiled. The kid, the guy's saving babies. Like he's it's, jumping out of a window with an explosion with a baby. Come on! They have a much better one shot scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not his best. It's. It's. I mean, really, it's the gimmick though. Like the gimmick, the gimmick hurt the fucking movie. I, I mean, I appreciate the ambition. I appreciate he tried something, and it was, you know, it was a failed experiment, not a successful experiment. But he, he tried. I mean, the ultimate. I'm looking at like all time revenge movies. You got like payback keeps coming up. I haven't oh, seen that. You know what? I haven't payback, seen that either. I heard it. Kill Bill. Oh yeah, yeah. Taxi Driver is that in there? That's not really a revenge. I film. mean, that's more of a like a psychology. Oh, that's psychological. True. That's true. <laughs> Taken should be in there. Taken's in there. John Wick. John Wick, Death Wishes, yeah. yeah. All the Death Wish movies. But that's the difference between him and Punisher. Like, Punisher was like a former Marine Navy SEAL, the right? The Equalizer, okay. Falling Down. Oh, the Equalizer, definitely. Death Sentence. Falling Down is another one I thought of watching this. But A Vigilante. Oh, my God. What? Uh, oh, by the way, the reviewer for Roger Ebert. Let me just uh, throw this by you guys. Matt Zoller Seiss, who reviews for RogerEbert.com. He gave this movie four stars. Oh, shit. He says it's John Woo's best uh, and just uh, thinks it's an amazing movie, which is confused. You see the same movie. Say that one more time. I find it like he says it's the, his best movie. I don't. It's hard to this. Yes. He gave it four stars. That's terrible. That's that's not a that's not a great take. Uh, yeah it makes th- th- those kind of takes make you question you go art is subjective but is it really <laughs> <laughs> there's objectively we, bad like that's not objectively that's not it's not true this is not his best film 
It's no. Yeah. See, even I, who love everything, I'm like four stars, really, dude. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, but it's got yeah, it's got moments of woo, but it's things we've seen. I don't. I just don't think it's actually. It's not really it's that script. much of a John Woo. Film. Yeah. Not that I need. Like like Rug said, not that I needed that. It's just. See, there's some of it that's not an entertaining. There's some movie. of it that's very woo, and then there's a lot of it that's just like not John Woo at all. But it's a lot in the melodrama where you don't want it, not so much in the action where you do want it. Uh, anyways, all right, let's uh, rate this movie. Uh, rank it. I think we already know it ranks. Rank it with would, what? Would you, all the John Woo <laughs> movies. Would you recommend? Oh. Anthony, go first. Give me a number. Uh, five out of ten. Okay. It's you know it's not horrible. It's not, but I wouldn't say it's good either. Like I, I don't think it's a very good film. I think, as mentioned, but to restate, the gimmick, if you're going to choose a gimmick, you have to choose, like, the gimmick has to actually make the movie better, and the movie, it doesn't. It actually makes the movie considerably worse. And and then you're hamstrung by the gimmick, and things don't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I would not, uh, if you're a John Woo fan, I mean, unless you just love watching anything John Woo, like, go for it, but if you like these kinds of John, like, if you like old John Woo from the 80s and 90s, I actually would recommend you don't watch this. Because <laughs> you're not, it's just not the same. You're, you're seeing a lesser version of what he can really do. He's in his, what, 70s? I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe he, maybe, yeah, I think he probably is. Maybe he does, he's just, you know, I'm old and I'm going to try some shit and I don't really What do you, would anymore. you, do you think, do you think he's done? Do you think he should keep trying? He said, I'm going to keep making, making things as long as I can. I think he should make some movies. I, I gave you some ideas. Yeah. 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 All right. I, 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 char- I, wanna... I think if he had the characters talk, he'd be much better. <laughs> Bruggs. Yeah, absolutely. Bruggs, uh, give me a score. What do you think? Uh, it's a five. It's not its worst film. It's, it's not great, but it's, it's definitely, a an action movie you can watch a little slow moving uh if you like a training sequence <laughs> if you like a long you know, ass stuff, you like to see guys like go to the target practice every five minutes how to and, drift cars how to drift cars yeah learn so yeah it's okay i i i, I love john wick's storytelling and it's there but it doesn't have as much flair as his other movies budget the budget obviously it kind of stops him from doing some of his shots and the tracking and the dolly and stuff yeah um and there's yeah, there's the characters aren't there. There's just there's no there's no dialogue, and <laughs> so you can't really. I mean, you, there's there are characters there, but they're just kind of like cutouts, yeah, basically. All, yeah. One, one quick question too, like why does Kid Cudi's character show up to help him by himself? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that I like, thought. Why don't you bring a whole army right. of policemen? He knows he's there, and the gangsters are there. Why don't you call in backup? Yeah. He's just there for the and then you save. just never and you just don't want to talk to the guy. That's very yeah. strange. Yeah, and they you know, they pull <laughs> guns at each other in the beginning and then they just look at each other and they're like, okay, dude. dude, there's a point in one of the shootouts where he's sliding behind this like table, but it's like wide open underneath. And I'm like, how did I get shot? Like none of the bullets fucking hit him. There's barely anything to hide behind. It was like completely open and he's sliding past this table like it's covered. But isn't it the worst thing where you get the end of the movie and it's just some girl on heroin just shooting everybody that's yeah. killing action? Yeah. Like, he comes up a set of stairs yeah. fighting off like 10 guys at a time yeah. that are shooting right. at him. 
No problem. But for some reason, this bitch with no, a gun. She got an automatic. It's an automatic fucking rifle. They, they, they like do the thing where she's like Popeye and they drill heroin into her yeah. and she like revs she's up. Like, <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought that's why I didn't think he died because I thought he was wearing a b- armor, a bulletproof vest. And it was all like they're not shooting him in the head. I thought he was. I think he just got a. No, he should idiot. be dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. All right. I'm going to be a little more generous with my score. Of course you are. I'm gonna give it a six. It's okay. It's fine. It's not a movie, a John Woo return that you stand up and go, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" But it's not completely awful. There's, uh, if you like experiment movies, it's an ambitious experiment to try. Also, watch No One Will Save You on Hulu. So I think it's a little better use of the no t- no dialogue. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, it's not it's it was I was it's a little disappointing. It's not one of his best. If it's a warm up for him, great, and maybe he can get a bigger studio to pitch himself. If he can better. get some money yeah. and he could have a script with his characters as usual that are charming and memorable, I'm all up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would say just wait until it's on streaming. So there was like eight people in my theater. Yeah, mine was pretty Yeah, I was surprised people are coming. Okay, let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. From the nation. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. It Lapper. stinks. Yo, that had some skibbity Ohio riz on that one. <laughs> Yeah, let me cook. <laughs> let him cook, you <laughs> skibbity bastards. Yeah, skibbity peps. I'll give you the skibbity peps. What am I saying? I don't. Yo, know. I ate on that one. I don't know. You, yeah, you got me on the skibbity peps. I definitely ate. Yeah, you ate. Yeah, you ate. <laughs> that, even that's old. That's old passe now. I don't know. Uh, let's start with this comment by our buddy Jimmy the Geek Graben, who posted a picture of him receiving the Reign of MCU book. That we were just talking about. And he says, okay, Anthony, giving it a shot. I'll let you know how it is. And even might finish it before Imran. Well, joke's <laughs> on you, fuckers. Oh, shit. I finished the book, fucking book. And it was. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's really good. You want to give a quick review there, Anthony? Now, both having us finished it, just a review. Yeah, a couple uh, sentences. I mean, if you, it's, it's for those that enjoy the behind the scenes of the MCU, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's a pretty. Seems like a pretty balanced book. Talks up, gives it props where it's due, and calls out stuff that might be, um, you know, a little, 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 uh, rough. Yeah, um, that's yeah, true. I, I think it just kind of lays out what, what a lot of the stuff that happened. It's more like a historical history you're telling. Of uh, what happened. I love it's like it's all the shit we've been talking about for the past eight years on this podcast, but to have it in like one concise chunk there was amazing. And there's a little extra backstory to things that she does get to add. And it's very current. Like, it ends with her mentioning the fucking strike uh, at the end of the book. I was like, holy shit, how quickly did they fucking print this book? Uh, but, yeah, if you like the MCU at all or you're a hardcore fan, I highly recommend it. It's a great fucking read. And I love the format, how it goes, like, movie to movie and then the, the whole chapter on the visual effects and you know the the producers like that Esposito guy and Victoria Alonso and Nate Moore and how they're like the real brain trust behind everything, even though they fired Victoria Alonso. But you're right; they give you the dirty too, like the bad stuff, and the it's well balanced, well researched, man. Very well researched. So uh, I think I know a couple other people in the 
group are now reading it. But it's like a must read if you're like in the MCU hardcore. You want to know everything. Uh, now I want to get that timeline book because there's like that official Marvel timeline copy. Oh, yeah, the Marvel book. one. Yeah. And apparently in that one, they have said that the Scarlet Witch is indeed dead, but I don't believe it. I don't think so. We didn't see a body. Yes, she got crushed by the thing, but we didn't see a body. She could be back. Okay. And then uh, I'm gonna, I want to mention this uh, tweet from Blake Braden. It is the end of the year, which means Spotify does their rap thing. Guys, did you guys get your Spotify rap? Do you, I did. Do you check them out. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, so Blake uh, posted his top four podcasts and he tweeted at us at Jock and Nerdcast. Same high quality podcasting since the first day I started listening. Is it really? Is that us? Uh, his list, number one, the big picture. Number two, the rewatchables. Number three, the Jock and Nerd podcast. Number four, the Bill Simmons podcast. We're in pretty good company there with the Blake Braden. Thank you. We're in a Bill Simmons sandwich. We are in the Bill Simmons sandwich. Uh, thank you for listening. Everybody for listening on Spotify. So they do the rap for podcasts, too. Do you guys want to? I wanted to go over our numbers real quick. Give you some of the stats. Oh, oh, uh, what do you mean? Some of them. I'll tell you. Some of them are interesting. So our top episode for this year was episode 470, which was the sci-fi movie draft from January 25th. Oh, it was streamed 586 percent more than your average episode. Wow! Yeah, that's that's the stat. That's a lot. Yeah, that's the people really like the the sci-fi draft. We'll have to do more of those. Uh, so this is all Spotify stats. It says fifty-eight percent of your listeners discovered you in twenty twenty-three. That's a lot. It's more oh. than half. New new people. A lot of fifty. Lot of new listeners. So fourteen percent of our new listeners started with episode four ninety, which was the RRR review. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's interesting. Big, big Indian. We got all the Indian bots joining us. Yeah. We have gone global. We were streamed in 24 countries. United States being top country with 58% of our total streams. What's the next highest? Yes. Well, you have, it says here, you have the most new listeners in top five, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, India, number four. Yeah. Ireland, number five. Wow. What's up, (laughs) Ireland? How's it hanging out there? Indians. Yeah. Number four. RRR, baby. RRR brings them in. We got to do more. There's some more Indian action movies that have been coming out that look fucking crazy. Like, they're. Let's just do Gandhi. Oh, Gandhi is a fantastic movie. Dude, <laughs> Gandhi. But that's a white. That's Ben fucking Kingsley. They couldn't find the brown guy. I'm kidding. They couldn't find the brown <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, now you got Imran going. To play fucking Mahatma Gandhi. Seri- He's amazing, though. He's amazing in that role. I think he won an Oscar. <laughs> And he's so he did, good. I think he's he did so good, Oscar. dude. But he's like at the end, he gets shot. And he just goes, "Oh God, oh God!" In the butt. Oh <laughs> fucking hell! I cry every time. Uh, your podcast rating was five Perfect oh, score. Good. It says, are, what else? "It says, are you a gardener?" Because your podcast saw some nice growth this year. Plus forty four percent in listeners. Plus twenty one percent in streams. And plus twelve oh. percent in followers. That's good. Yeah, those are all good. They're, I don't those know. I don't things. know. If those wow. are good numbers, but I mean, they're they're not negative. They're not negative. Oh, so here, some okay. nice growth. Here's the best. It ends with the top ten. This is some okay. interesting shit. It says you are a top ten podcast for a hundred and nineteen fans. Wow, that's more than I would think. We are a top five podcast for eighty two fans. Wow. And then drum roll, please. We are. The number one podcast for 26 fans on Spotify. Thank you, all those 26 <laughs> people. Holy shit. 
I mean, I, I wouldn't. I mean, Spotify is definitely growing yeah. in terms of a podcast platform. So, oh, they're trying to get a big chunk. I think they are number two now behind Apple Podcasts. Like they have made some big moves. Uh, nice. That's cool. Those are cool stats. Sixty-nine uh, percent returning listeners. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best. I think we will end. For what it's worth, um, Ben Kingsley is. Half English and half Gujarati. Oh, he is half Indian. He was. Okay. You yeah. know what? I take it all back. It's fine. That counts. He's, got- He's born <laughs> Krishna Pandit. That's Bandi. right. I fucking forgot. That's why he kind of looks like Gandhi. They just had to like brown him up a little. Yeah. And he looked. Okay. Was it okay, Imran? Yes, is he fine? Absolutely. Can he play Gandhi? He right, can but- play Gandhi. He's got half. <laughs> That's right. He's got half a desi blood in him. That counts. Yeah. So at least they tried. So at least they tried. Uh, again, if you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much for listening, sharing liking following whatever spread it around stroke it stroking stroke it okay let's end (laughs) with some what are we watching uh monarch episode five yes you guys watch yes i did watch it yes what the fuck happened because i feel like i watched it and i was like nothing really happened in this episode well yeah what nothing happened probably that's probably the right the right uh They've spent now two episodes kind of spinning their wheels a little bit here. No flashback to the 50s. They get back to the U.S. to Kate's mother. She meets Kentaro. Uh, yeah, Monarch and holds then Kate jaw. proceeds to call, say she's like chicken shit, which is like, wow, oh, it's yeah. really you're going to talk to your mom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the mom's got like yeah, a boyfriend. Just, it's a whole thing where they're going through the ruins of San Francisco oh, yeah. to, get to, his, get to the dad's office. And then they do like an Iron Man 2 thing. Where like, oh, the message is hidden, but if you just like do these things, hold the paper up to the light, hold the paper into the light with the holes in the right <laughs> spot, you'll see the map of where he was. It's like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Oh. Can I just tell you, they these characters did some, they're just so dumb. Like I was yelling at my teeth. I'm like, you're fucking dumb. When they're like trying to sneak through the town and they hide from the cops and then they're just like walking around singing. And they just walk by singing, yeah. and there's a whole bunch of fucking police over there. I'm like, you people are fucking idiots. What are you doing? Yeah, that was they were singing and, and waving their flashlights. I'm around. like, turn the flashlight off. What yeah, are you doing? <laughs> they always had them on. Like, of course they're gonna I'm find like, you. These you fucking people idiot. fucking suck. They're so dumb. They're, what they're doing? Got, and then yeah. like Kurt Russell's oh. talking about them like they're so talented. Like, no, they're not. It got me no. so mad. Yeah. I was like, these people are idiots. What are you and doing? It's. I mean, the show started off good, but it is. We find it is crumbling. That- we find out that May is secretly working for a monarch. See, I thought she oh, already yeah. was, but I guess that this no, she's just happened now. Yeah, she's and, they, and they keep doing the thing where it's like Kurt Russell. I didn't know if they were like making a joke or if they're actually implying that he might have taken something because they go, he shouldn't. They did it again. Where they're like, he shouldn't look like that. He's not. Oh, that that is another thing I thought. I keep thinking I forget to mention he should be a lot older if. Right. His son is playing him in the fifties. Like he should be. So something. And he's a World War Two vet, but they they were like he shouldn't look like. And then they, but they implied that maybe he might have found something. Or, I don't know. Like he could have been there on was some kind of. There were, they mentioned some kind of like anomaly or something. Yeah. So if he was at Skull Island and then that kept him young, or he ate something or something. Right. But like, oh, absolutely, he should be a lot older. This age don't fucking track. It's all about Mothra. Is why why. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this this was um. They better pick this shit up. This yeah, this, this these last two episodes have have made but me. But we go, did Ooh. find out that Kate 
likes, you know, likes the ladies. Oh, yeah. She, but, oh, yeah, dude, she does. You know how you were saying, she Anthony? cheats on her girl. Yes. You know how you're saying, I don't like Kate? This fucking broad is. Yeah, she's cheating. kind of a shitty person. She's a shitty she person. She was cheating on her girlfriend, who she then abandoned and went on the bus and still all the kids. Uh, by died. the way, like, she could have gotten two hotter girls. Both of them were, like, not on. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's a very good looking woman. Yeah. And, uh, not the best choices. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, again, that Kate, she's just like she's, her mom. She's a shitty well, you person. You were too chicken shit. Yeah, she's like, a what? horrible person. You talk to your mom like that? Why are they writing her like this? She's not a good person. You don't like she's her. She's a country singer. <laughs> <laughs> so they're heading to Africa. Is that the thing? One of the dots. Like, that's where he yeah, is. One of the dots for an Africa. Maybe her dad's there. Who knows? They're, fo- they're literally following a trail of pencil shavings across the fucking planet. Okay. Yeah, All just right. it's. Unfortunately, was, I like the show to start, but it's it's quickly becoming not. Was good. there any monsters in this episode? Did we see anything? We saw flashback of Godzilla. Saw flashback. What are we I really mean, learning about Monarch? Nothing. No, like, nothing they're really, really still a mysterious no, organization. They're, we don't they're, they're very about. confusing agency. I thought this was going to crack this open because what I wanted the series was to be was like, okay, let's say she finds out her dad's in Monarch. They go to this goofy place in Alaska. And then, yeah, they, they get the radio, and then Monarch screws them up, and I'm like, okay, now is go. the time. Yeah, we're, we're Now we're going to fucking, they're going to be like, listen, we want you to be part of our team. We're going to fucking help you find your father. We're all on board with you. And that would have been interesting. And then you, got, you can see the inner workings of Monarch and a little bit of stuff. But no, they just kind of like, they they put them on the long leash as they say no, this they is, did the so thing they where they let them go hoping they find their dad and then they can sweep in like what the fuck the whole yeah. the whole show right now is like them tracing their father's footsteps yeah. and going on like wild adventures yeah. in different places of the world but the problem is is like we're not really learning anything while yeah. this happens it's just like oh we're gonna spend the entire episode looking for a clue to get you to the next place yeah that's- like that's not actually interesting yeah you gotta give me some bread crams yeah so and I think yeah. that the flashbacks were doing that a little right. bit. Right, I kind of yeah. missed the flashbacks. That was yeah. the, my. I, I'm like, I I hate spending time because all three of the characters are are so stupid. They're kind of and a dumb. dumb and annoying. Yeah. And annoying. Yeah. yeah. I want to see Bill Randa and Young Lee Shaw and Keiko. Like that was a great. Those were better characters. Yes, that was the best part of those episodes. Was the fucking fifties. Do you think the mom's alive? Um. Mom. Wait, who's mom? No, the mom's not. Mom could be alive because. If uh, the one that got eaten by the bugs. Oh, Keiko? Oh, oh, grandma. Yeah, grandma. Maybe that was a Ooh. swerve, and maybe she is somewhere. I don't know. Because if, like, uh, yeah. if uh, what's his name is still, like, 90 years old and looks like he's right. 70. Maybe her dad right. is looking for his his mom. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That could be interesting. We just saw the bugs take her, you know, that they didn't, they didn't show. There was no body. There was no body. She could be no still body. alive. We do know Bill Randa died because he got eaten. We saw that. We did did see that. That's a great end to him. Yeah. It's just Eh. the last two have been really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And after minus one, you're just like, "Mm, I want, I need more. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, you watch anything else? I did. I saw in the theater. Oh, Godzilla minus one again. Oh, how was this experience? Second time. It was awesome. I saw it on Thursday night. I saw a 715 showing. Theater was completely sold out. Wow. Um, wow. Which well, I was very surprised. Yeah. Actually, I had some friends going and I was like, I'll buy tickets like last minute because I know this won't sell out. And then I checked two days before and I went, oh shit, wow. this is getting packed. So I bought a ticket next to them. I had three friends that went, one being a girl. 
that has never seen any Godzilla shit. Okay. The other two were like very like they know who Godzilla is, but they don't see anything. Uh-huh. And they all walked out and were like, "That was awesome." Well, yeah, it was. They were literally like, they were like, "That was so good." that they started like we went to a bar after and they wanted to talk about oh my god look at what this is doing what the girl who like doesn't know anything about godzilla films was like what other godzilla films oh my god i'm like to be honest you're not gonna like (laughs) (laughs) like this you just saw the best one (laughs) so yeah the the only thing i would say is um it's still very good upon rewatch uh there are times where the cgi is not the best Ah. um especially when he's like walking there's a lot of like there's sometimes where he looks like Shin walking really stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Like very straight. Yeah. Um, but overall, the movie's still very, very good. And I legit um, had goosebumps the second time watching it when he fires his blast yeah. in the water and they're like, they're like, oh, should we go after him or not? And then the guy's like, no, he's like weak. This is the time to go. And the boat starts circling him and they start playing the Godzilla music. Oh, like, yeah. dun, 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 dun. And it was like, I legit was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> Like they're they're like um i was i was literally like let's get godzilla like let rooting for him and i and i think big action bill pointed this out which was a nice little um like full circle but the original godzilla theme that uh ifakube came up with yeah. that was actually in the original movie that was when the planes were attacking godzilla okay so it was more of like a, a japanese military yeah like let's get them and it just stuck as godzilla's theme and it's nice to say that he was basically saying it's nice to see in this movie it's being used again for like Japan. Oh, that was so like a Japan theme originally. Originally, oh. yeah. And then it just stuck as Godzilla's theme. Oh. But yeah, and I legit the, the goosebumps. The original Godzilla theme is like that. Da, 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 da. Right. So right. I think in some movie, uh, was it uh, Monster Zero where they combined them? Yeah, it might have been Monster Zero or was it? Yeah, I think it was Monster Zero where they combined them. Yeah, that's but, when you get yeah, that combo. Get both. Yeah, and yeah. it's great. Great movie. Man. Really good. And I did notice upon second viewing, too, the, they really emphasize that black mark on her neck. Oh, I did see. I totally didn't catch that. I got to watch. They like zoom into, into it. it. Mm, very and good. I'm really curious what that means if going forward. Because there's mm. been a lot of speculation on the internet, like wild theories, like, oh, she going to turn into Godzilla, which I think would be a weird choice. Infected. <laughs> she would be like girlzilla <laughs> so yeah that's what nice. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and i was equally impressed by the the theater being sold out and my non-godzilla friends first ache first wanting to see the movie so they were the ones they were like they heard about it they heard about mm. it they didn't even hear about it for me mm. they just heard that it was good and they were like let's see it wow and then they rocked out and they were like wow that was great that's cra- i mean I, i'm dying to see it again just to go through like the emotional ride through that movie because like yeah you can't not leave that movie and be like emotionally oh affected. there's so many yeah it's it's such an emotional film it is and it really works and then godzilla is legit terrifying when you just look it up at it be like holy fuck uh yeah, wow that's great. great this movie is converting fans is wild i think it's gonna have did you feel it moved slowly or did you feel that the pace was better it was a little slower for me just because i really wanted to see i was i was it moved slower for me just because i didn't know if my friends were liking it so i was like let's try to get to this godzilla stuff yeah i know the godzilla yeah. stuff they'll like yeah but by the end they were like no that was perfect yeah like, perfectly paced, good balance perfect they love the they they were like over the moon when they when uh, Noriko was alive at the end. They're yes. like, oh, that's so good. Me too. Brad, she's alive. 
And it's just like, it's almost like you should have seen it coming. It's a little cheap little thing, but it totally works. You're like, fuck yeah, she's alive. Right. Uh, I love the line too, where he's like talking to Tachibana yeah. when he tried to get him to lure him back. And he's like, the war's not over for you too. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good line. Yeah. The war isn't over. Like, it's not, it's not over for me. And I know it's not over for you. And then he like turns around and decides to help him. It's good. There's just so many good it's things. Good it's shit. such a good fucking it's really movie. Good. I, I, the fact that like, as a longtime Godzilla fan, like all my life, that this has become a thing yeah. is like so amazing to me. Yeah. That's got to be a while. And, and we got a pink Godzilla now. Yeah. And we got we a got pink one Godzilla. for the Barbies. We got everything. We, 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 we got everything we'd ever wanted and more. And you got so. people walking around uh, holding papers up to uh, windows and light shines through and something happens. You have that <laughs> too. So you you want to know what pissed me off about that so much? <laughs> yeah. So. He's like, oh, can you hang up that map and yeah. I'll put this on the on the thing. Yep. And instead of like getting a marker and circling all the shit where the things went, they just like fold it up again. Know, how are they going to know where the fucking thing is? <laughs> you didn't even mark the map. It's just so it's but so it took a it took a, an artist right to figure it out. It took the, the tech person and an artist who does projection art. It's like contrived bullshit. It was very yeah, contrived. It was bad. Uh, Rugs, you watch anything? I watched the Squiddy Games. Oh, the finale episode with the winner. We'll put up some spoiler alerts. In yeah, case. spoiler <laughs> alert. In case you're still going to watch it. The show sucks, it. and I don't think the girl got her <laughs> money yet. Uh, I was, I was kind of, the end was kind of disappointing. I Very disappointing. I enjoyed episodes six through nine the best. Anthony, they played rock, paper, scissors. She wins four and a half million dollars on a game of rock, paper, scissors. Multiple games. Well, lots of I games. Have, I have also heard through the webs that she has not gotten paid yet either. Well, after taxes, it's really like three million. But no, I, it's still three million. What, you, what the hell, Imran? Kind of logic is that? Like Imran's well, she, like, that's it's too, only three million. That's too low for yeah, at that point, I might as well not even get the money. No, but they presented as she wins this like debit card that she can use anywhere that's got four million dollars on it. I don't know if that's how it works. I, I guess she hasn't gotten the money yet. No, I'm sure it's going to get taxed, but you, it's definitely get taxed, but you'll at least get half of that, They're, which is still a lot of Anthony, fucking money. They are uh, casting for season two. You should uh, fill I'm up good. a lot of application there. <laughs> a lot of application. <laughs> I'm good. It's only three million instead of four. This, so I'm not, so you know, what like, disappointed me. By Imran's logic, that's not, that's three, not enough not money. Enough. After taxes, fuck that. <laughs> Look, what disappointed me about this last episode is all they just played games of chance and there was none of like the backstabbing and manipulation I was looking forward to. It was straight yeah. up chance. And uh, like the guy it was too nice. The guy to go out three loses on chance. And I'm like, that's a shitty way to go out three. Just fucking chance. Like it was you had nothing you couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. But it's lame. The yeah. It was lame. It was it's a guilty pleasure and the but the ending was I was feel like on the scale of one to ten in these type of shows. It's not the best one. I think it's like a C at best. Yeah, they're going to do another think. season, though. So it's a, I would say, five and a half out of 10. Yeah. I watched another thing on Netflix. Did that you? That movie, Did you? Leave the World Behind. Okay. Starring Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali. What's it about? Uh, so it's based on a book by a, a, a brown person, I think, Ruman Alam. Uh, it's about this family. And she books this uh, rental cottage. It's in New York out in like Long Island so they can get away for the weekend. And uh, weird things start happening. Uh, It's really vague. There's some sort of attack or hackers or cyber attack. And then 
Marshall Ali shows up with his daughter at the house saying, we're the owners and this crazy shit happened while we were in the city and we'd like to stay here. And then she doesn't trust them. There's like uh, some racial overtones. It's a very weird. It's a very weird movie. And then you spend a lot of time where they just figuring each other out. There's um, Kevin Bacon plays like this prepper and she's got two kids. The one girl just wants to watch friends. There's weird animal things where all these deer show up. And then sounds terrible. And then it ends like without any ending, without any resolution, just kind of ambiguously the movie ends. And when it ended, I was like, what the fuck? That's where we're ending? That's it? No, fuck what the that fuck movie. happened? I, like, I'm mad that you're even telling me about it. it. That, there's no <laughs> ending. And I I mean, I like ambiguous endings, but this was like more. There was like, you figure out what happened. I was like, what? What the fuck? So it was it's it's slow. There is some. Hitchcockian style. Oh, here's why I wanted to watch it. Rugs. It's written and directed by Sam Ismail, the guy who gave us Mr. Robot. You know how Mr. Oh. Mr. Robot is very weird, and he does kind of frame the shots also weird, where somebody's talking, right. and they're like all the way on the one side, and there's all this empty space. So Sam Ismail, I was like, oh, let me check this out. There are shades of Hitchcockian type tension and shots, but it's weird. I didn't really dig it at the end. I feel like it Nothing that you said no. made me want to watch. Like jerky around, <laughs> and you're like, I, "What is going on?" I kind of dozed off in the middle because it was boring. And at no time in your incoherent <laughs> rambling did you say anything <laughs> that even sounded God have mercy on all your souls. So, and then it ends, and I'm like, "What? That's what? Fuck? That's what the fuck is this? That's some bullshit." So, anyways, check it out. Great job, man. Check it out. I, I don't know boy. why you watched it, but all right. I am now dumber for listening. I, everybody <laughs> was talking about this movie, Sam Ismail. I was like, oh, <laughs> Julia Roberts, Marshall Ali. It's a dope cast, right? But uh, it's not good. So, hmm. okay. I wasted my time for you so you can avoid it. Anyways, that, okay. that's it for this Thanks, week. Thanks, Rugs, where can the people find you? Wherever Anthony is. Where are you? Anthony, Anthony? where can the people find you? Oh, man. Uh, this week. I'll be at your nearest and dearest Barry's studio. Oh, what is that? Boot camp workouts. Oh, it's a workout place. Yeah. What kind of workout? Boutique. Oh, it's like a boutique workout place where like they you have someone telling you to run and do all this shit. But like the the rooms are like red lit. They call it the red room. So it's like this like nightclub vibe. Oh, shit. Blast music. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's what I get a cocktail afterwards. What happens? Is that? You could. Well, they have like a uh, shake bar, but yeah, I guess people could, you could get a cocktail, although you're pretty drained. You get an alcoholic protein smoothie. Yeah. Sounds yummy. With like, with, with like chia seeds yes. and like, you know, all the, all, the, like, all the stuff that white people think is like healthy for you right now. With some flax seeds and some MDMA in that shit. After no. hearing that, I don't think I'll be where that rant is. <laughs> okay, where will you be, Rugs? He's not going to be working. I'll be on Twitter or X is what they call it now. At really rug boy, come follow me. Even though I never check it anymore, he will not be doing the workout. Yeah, I don't have access to my account. We'll fix that. <laughs> I know I got to do a thing. I keep yeah. Anyways, yeah. All that shit in the show notes, listener. Most important thing you can do to help us spread the show: tweet it out, text it, post it, whatever you got to do. Shove it in people's ears. Run up to people. Give them one of these. Jogging nerd. And uh, everything will be swell. Thanks for listening to the Jogging Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you. We'll peep next you time. Next time. I really don't give a shit. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Thing I offered you a chance to be a cop, yeah, and you cop. blew it. And you blew it. I like turtles. <laughs>
Are you a nerd? Are you a 